What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the inaugural episode of Beyond the Booth, your go-to podcast for everything regarding events to help you plan it or help you execute it, depending on if you are a vendor of some sort. We literally have you covered from topics from A to E and everything else in between. So today we are going to kick off this inaugural episode with probably one of the most foundational questions that I have discovered over the last 10 years, and that is that what is a DJ. So today we're going to be talking about what a DJ is or supposed to be and what a DJ is supposed to be doing at the event and therefore kind of help bring some light and some some clarity as to what DJs do. So hopefully that if you are planning an event, you'll be able to use these tools and tips to identify the right DJ for your event. Or if you are a DJ looking to actually branch out and go from the bedroom to the dance floor that way you can kind of get some ideas as well to how to make that shift and what things people are looking for so that you're more appealing to your clients than your competitors so let's go first episode is kind of like okay i i'm pretty sure i know what a dj is it's pretty self-explanatory you know the dj is the guy who gets up there and you know plays music and if i can't afford one then you know that's why i can't just get dj spotify or get dj pandora well let's let's have a really real open heart-to-heart conversation here one you'll be surprised by the numerous questions that i've had from clients and potential clients as far as who weren't 100 sure or 100 clear on what a dj does uh so does that mean that you have your own dance floor? No, that is an event company, like the same people who have your chairs and your tables. Uh, so definitely check with them to see how much it is for a 4x4 four four for the dance floor. Then, of course, do the math accordingly for how big or how small you want your dance floor to be. Um, so that means you have a projector and a screen, right? No, that's AV. And typically, most venues do have something in-house where they're able to supply that and if they don't then that's when you can kind of reach out to different local clubs universities um local churches things like that to see who can be like basically your av tech um for your presentation that you want to put up whether it be a company thing or whether it be a wedding reception yes it has happened at a wedding reception (laughs) or whatever you may think or whatever you may be so that means you DJ to videos, right? And you mix the videos? No. Me personally, not my forte. Never really dove into it. However, there are some amazing DJs and VJs out there that I always love to recommend for people that are looking for those type of uh, entertainment valued vendors. So it's it's quite wide ranging the questions that I've had over the past several years where people don't really necessarily know what a DJ is. I mean, by definition... A DJ is just simply somebody who plays pre-recorded music for people that are in attendance. Pretty straightforward. However, what people, a lot of people don't realize is that the DJ is also responsible for facilitating the energy for the event. Because if you do not facilitate that energy correctly, it can make a two-hour event feel like five hours. Or it can make a two-hour event feel like 20 minutes if it's done properly and done correctly. 
Um, it's about knowing when to turn the gas on, so to speak, and when to back off. Um, and that's something that, as of yet, has yet to be established with any sort of artificial intelligence, although I know companies are working very hard to get there. But in the meantime, there's nothing like the ability to actually read the crowd, read the situation, to be able to govern the energy accordingly. For example, if you're doing like a sit-down dinner and the DJ is there facilitating more as in the background, having a DJ turn up right then and there and kind of like playing a lot of top 40 high energy type stuff, not exactly a good call. Um, <laughs> you need kind of, again, you need that background more mellow, more suiting to the venue, more suiting to the environment, more suiting to the needs of the client, in this case, which is the event planner, and ultimately the attendees. And vice versa, you don't need to turn up and tell us time to get everybody engaged, get everybody on the dance floor, have a good time, let's really get this party started, and they start dropping Frank Sinatra with a bunch of 20-year-olds. <laughs> Not exactly, again, the best you know, thing. So the DJ also, they really are the facilitator of the energy. And this is where you also have to really start to ask yourself the question, what are the needs of your event or what are the needs that you are looking for to have filled because not every DJ is the right DJ for the for your particular event you know and I'm gonna be 100% honest I mean age really has nothing to do with it um, I know people who've been DJing since the late 80s early 90s who are still DJing to this day and who are absolutely legendary and iconic and the things that they do when they put songs together and they put music together it just really just drops my jaw even now and I stand in awe and stand impressed <laughs> by their musicality and by, again, just what they do. And granted, you know, that long of a career has garnered experience, but that's only a small factor about it. I know cats that have been DJing for, you know, about a year, roughly, give or take, and they, same response. They utterly blow my mind. They're amazing. Their musicality, their, the way that they're creatively put things together to make it, to make their set, to make the energy flow for the event and pick the right song at the right moment, at the right time, you know, and they're like 14, 13, 15 years old. Same thing. So DJ, trying to pick a DJ based solely upon the age doesn't necessarily matter. For going back to it, I know some DJs that have been DJing since the late 80s, early 90s, who have not moved their music library past the late 80s, early 90s. And that's not good, depending on the the theme or the style choices of the event to be 100% honest now if we're talking about like an 80s party and everything's 80s themed and it's going to be an 80s night okay that's a different story but if we're talking having that limited of a library but they're looking for top 40 and we're talking about 2021 that's only going to go very 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 short in the span of the entire scale of the event and you got to think that most events are you know, anywhere between one to two hours to about five, six, seven hours if we're talking about a wedding. So having range is very, very important. So if you are looking at a DJ, if you're an attendee, like, oh, is this DJ good or is this DJ not good? You got to think about not just what they're playing at this particular moment that got your attention, but what they played that got you to that point that got your attention and then what they played afterward and how seamless that was. I mean, a good DJ will almost, oftentimes, when they're set to facilitate in the background, they make you forget that they're there. 
that's how smooth everything's going. Like you just you lose focus of what they're playing and what not playing because it's just it's not on your radar. I guarantee you, however, when they're playing what in the what are they doing? Even if it's in a background setting, it gets your attention because it's distracting. And therefore it disengages you from as an attendee from your conversations to the people that you're talking to, if you're trying to network, if you're trying to catch up with long lost friends or family members or whatever the case may be. And then it begins to start to deter and diminish your experience. So still asking yourself the question, you know, what exactly makes a good DJ? You have to really start to lay out some of these other things. And that's what I want to share with you today to help you know. Now, if you're a bride, this is very, very important because the DJ has the power to make or break your day. They have the power to make or break your key special moments, whether it be the first dance, the father-daughter, mother-son, if that's what you choose to do, money dances, um, grandparent dance, any sort of key dance moments. They have the ability to make or break that. I mean, I don't think that anybody would intentionally sabotage a moment like that. But if they're not paying attention and they haven't checked their stuff ahead of time, checked their edits and all of that, they could inadvertently, accidentally play, you know, a mashup that's like three, four songs long because another client of theirs is actually have an entire choreography in mind for that first dance compared to you. You just want the entire song, just that one song, that's it. And now you're getting a slew of multiple songs in a three-minute period, it's it it is disengaging and it diminishes again your experience. Um, if you're a coordinator or if you're an event planner, these things are are very important to ask yourself because you want your guests to have the best time. You want um, if you're doing a fundraiser, you want people to have a good time because if people are having a good time, they stay longer. If they stay longer, then they're more likely to give. If they're more likely to give, then you're more likely to hit your goals as far as you know raising the funds that you're looking to raise, whether it be for you know an auction, whether it be for PTA, whether it be for community, whether it be for an auction, silent auction, whatever the case may be. The happier people are, the longer people stay, the more likely they are to actually you know, give in that sort of situation. So even for you asking yourself, what is a DJ and what DJ needs do we need met is in, is a very important question to ask. If you're looking at somebody who they specialize in turn up and, you know, all they want to play is like the top 40 and just like those good hits, they may not necessarily be, you know, the right DJ for this particular event. But if you're throwing like a little, you know, one hour, two hour party, and, you know, you need it to be high energy from start to finish, then, yeah, more than likely, you know, somebody who can just come in and just have that, like, turn up attitude from start to finish might be the right person um, for you to be able to do it. And if you're a DJ, you have to know what you are and what your role is. And what you are isn't just, you know, somebody who just randomly picks songs and plays music. You are basically creating the soundtrack for the event. You're creating the the musical wave that the rest of the event rides on so even if it's you're playing smooth jazz for the entirety of the event it's still about making sure that the guests are having a good time and they're happy they're in a good mood because they're there the longer that they're there the longer that your host or the person that hired you will be able to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish and having the flexibility to be able to read the room and move accordingly 
because uh, sometimes I know we, as DJs, we kind of have our own game plan for the night, but those game plans are very, very frequently subject to change. And so since they're subject to change, you have to have the ability to adapt. Um, I can't tell you how many brides I've sat down with and asked them, okay, you know, what do you want to do? Especially when you come down to the reception part, we open the dance floor, like what are the type of songs that you like? What are the type of genres that you like? And they gave me a whole list of things that they like. Oh, because my friends love this. And when we went on a girl's trip, my girlfriends love this. And we did this. And, you know, my friends, oh my gosh, they go crazy on this song. But come the day of the event, it's too hot outside or too cold outside or dinner took too long or the toast took too long. And now it's time to open the dance floor and all those people that you had in mind. So all these songs that were put together or, you know, set aside into a particular, you know, crate or library or playlist for this moment, all of them, they've taken off. They've left. <laughs> they, they're, they're gone. Now it's just, you know, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, and like little kids. So those songs don't necessarily translate to that particular people group who are now the audience. So the question becomes, what are you going to do? You know, how are you going to be able to adapt? How are you going to, how are you going to flip it? How are you going to uh, move with what you're given? There are multiple types of DJs. There are festival type DJs, like EDM DJs. Uh, EDM DJs, they frequently and they specialize in income when it comes to electronic dance music. Um, electronic dance music can range anywhere from about 122 beats per minute to about 130 beats per minute. And it has that same 4-4, four, four, boom, 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 you know, that goes along with it. And then from that, they just kind of keep things tied together with the, with the same rhythmic foundation. Um, you have mobile DJs. Mobile DJs, they're the ones who, you know, they travel to you. They bring the club, so to speak, to you. They bring the speakers, they bring their, you know, their setup, their gig, their table, their their uh, DJ booth, their mixer, their uh, controller, their laptop. They bring the music, they bring the mic um, oftentimes, and they bring it to you, whether it be a, whether it be a birthday party, whether it be a um, bar mitzvah, whether it be a graduation party, whether it be a corporate event, whether it be a fundraiser, whether it be a wedding. Mobile DJs are the ones who go to you. Club DJs. Club DJs, they're really, really good club DJs. They, they're very, very good. Very, very good for events because they have to they have to abide by turning the floor. And by turning the floor, that means you don't want everybody on the floor the entire night dancing and having a good time. If everybody's on the floor dancing the entire time, having a good time, then nobody's at the bar spending money. If nobody's at the bar spending money, then the bar is not making any money. I mean, as far as what they could, they kind of they probably could have done a carbon charge and they made some money at the door. But as far as the over and over revenue builder, which for the business is the bar or appetizers or even maybe the kitchen, people aren't spending because they're too busy having a good time on the dance floor and they don't want to leave. If you do that, the you're going to find yourself out of a job real quick. Because the bar really is not making money, so therefore they will get somebody who can turn the floor. They can have people having a good time, have them on the dance floor, and then turn it occasionally so that people don't want to dance for a while and go to the bar, get something to drink, rehydrate, go get some food, go back to their plate, make an order of appetizers, you know, order some wings, whatever, 
and then turn the floor back around so they don't get too bored, but they come back engaging and they come back out and they dance some more and have a good time. And then repeat that cycle until, you know, one, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning if you're in California, because two o'clock in the morning, every place has to be all before COVID, every place had to be dry. Now, after things reopen, I don't know what protocols are going to be in place or what mandates will be in effect. Um, so this is just going off of pre-COVID, but especially in California standards, by two o'clock it had to be dry. So you had to make people stay and want to stay and, you know, spend and hang out and spend and, and enjoy themselves and spend from about, you know, 9, 10 PM till about 1, 1 AM. So club DJs is also oftentimes good choices if that's what you're looking for, that high energy to be able for somebody to tur and, and, and turn the event. But then again, just like anything else, not all good club DJs make mobile DJs. Not all mobile DJs make good club DJs. Because um, not all mobile DJs know how to turn the floor. And not all club DJs know how to really read and, and, and govern the flow of the music and the energy and the tempo with what needs to be done for the event. Whether it be, you know... They're going to be doing talent shows in the middle of this. Whether there's going to be speeches in the middle of this. Whether there's going to be some announcements that need to be made. Or drawings or raffles or anything like that. So being able to dabble you know, in multiple avenues of what type of DJ, you have to kind of know. Because there's different strengths to each and there's weaknesses to each. Um, outside of that, there's like resident DJs. They're the same DJ that you'll see consistency consistently at a particular place over and over and over again because they become a staple because they've built such a good relationship with the venue the owner their client and with the community or the patrons that actually go and there's also like team djs um team djs their job is to get the team hype get the home team hype <laughs> very important don't get the visiting team hype you do not want to get the visiting team hype as the dj like you want the visiting team to just not want to play. You want them distracted. You want them side, you know, messed in the head a little bit, not focused so that the home team does have an advantage. Um, that's why NFL teams spend so much money on DJs. Basketball teams, they spend so much money on DJs uh, because they they help get the players in the zone. They help get the crowd involved and engaged and hype. And, and especially when the home team is losing, you have to be able to keep a high level energy where you won't let and you can't let anybody and anything else affect you or phase you. Because if you do, you start to fall into a slump, then the energy continues to diminish. Then it's harder and harder for the home team to turn it around and get the crowd back involved and vice versa. Whereas the music is the crowd involved, keeps the crowd hype. Crowd hype gets the team back hype. Team goes back on a run to actually regain the momentum or retake the momentum in the game, which gets the crowd hype, which gives you more as a DJ to be able to feed off of. So as a DJ, make sure you know what kind of DJ you are so you can know where your strengths and your weaknesses lie. Oh, last but not least, there's bedroom DJs. Bedroom DJs are the ones who produce stuff and they make videos on Twitch and TikTok and Instagram and they record mixes and put it on SoundCloud and all that stuff. And they're they're really good as far as, you know, organization and planning and, and putting together a particular mix. But now are will that translate to real life when you don't need to have a set mix? Like you have to be able to 
again, go with the flow and go accordingly. Um, know when to ride the high and when to back off, when to build and when to, you know, kind of slow it down. For example, if you're doing a fundraiser and you're DJing at a high energy, then people aren't walking around and, you know, participating and looking and bidding and doing their, you know, the raffles or, you know, contributing to other things. And it gets harder to kind of pull the energy back so that everybody can stay focused so that they can actually do the fundraising because the ultimate goal is the fundraising, not exactly, you know, the dancing in this particular regard. But you still need to bring a good energy level to where everybody's kind of like bobbing their head and singing and walking around and engaging and having a good time without actually having to be necessarily on the dance floor. So those are different types of DJs. Um, so know what kind of DJ you are. Know your strengths and weakness. Now, how do you know which DJ is right for you? It really comes down to the meeting. It comes down to maybe even a couple of meetings between you the client, you as the client and the DJ or you as the DJ and the prospective client because I will tell you firsthand from firsthand experience I'm a great DJ but I'm not the best DJ for every situation I'm not the best DJ for every um, event I mean I can do well but in best service to the client I would want them to get the very very best now if you want something um, like funky and fun like I'm definitely I got you covered if you need something a little bit more you know latin based or you need something more persian based i got people i can recommend for that <laughs> i am not the guy i don't have the depth of the catalog i don't have the depth of the of the knowledge base of all the different artists and all the different types and things like that so you definitely have to realize and understand that as a dj you're not the best dj for every event and as a person who's looking to have an event not every dj is going to be the right dj for you or the best dj for you so you got it's really going to boil down to what you sit down and what you value, what you need for your event, what you need for your affair. Um, if you need somebody who can, you know, pack a dance floor for, you know, high schoolers or for college students, then you need, you know, a good mobile DJ who has all the gear and equipment that you need, but who also has like a club background. Um, if you're looking to have like almost like a mini festival on campus, then you need more like a, you know, established artist, DJ producer, EDM type DJ that can come in and draw the crowd that they're kind of have an underground following already that can put on an amazing set that all of your students have a great time. Um, you really have to decide, I mean, if you're, you're just doing a little pop up really quickly, you know, and you want to kind of garner attention, then you need somebody who can, you know, bring a good amount of energy in a particular style that understands the brand. Um, I've dealt with a couple of, of main uh, major stores, department stores, and DJ for them inside the mall a couple of times. Um, my DJ friend and mentor has done the same thing. And so you have to understand what I've learned from him and then I applied myself is that you have to understand the brand. If the brand is about, you know, female empowerment, then playing songs and playing selections by artists that are detrimental to fem, you know feminism or detrimental to women would not be the best choice with that being the brand um if the brand is more kind of like edgy and more rockish then you know playing a little bit hip-hop would be cool but you don't want to mess around and play like a fat country set when it's more rockish 
You know what I mean? It's like you have to understand. Um, so really get to know the person that you want to DJ or as the DJ gets to know the person who is looking to have you, um, you know, DJ for them and DJ for the event because you got to understand their needs, understand what they're looking for, what they desire and what their ultimate goal is. And when you do that, then you can answer the question, you know, what is it as a DJ? Because you know exactly what you bring to the table. Speaking of what you bring to the table, it comes down to value. I know a lot of people. Now, I understand. I understand, you know, when times are tight. I understand when, you know, you're, you got to kind of put together something on a budget. And so, you know, you have $500 to do this entire event. You know, that's that's everything. That's setup. That's decorations. That's DJ. That's lights. I, under, I, I get it. However, there you have to find that balance between how much to charge if you are the DJ and how much is actually garnered or actually worth. Um, I mean, if, for example, if you're looking at being like a team DJ and the team has a budget of $50 a game, you don't want to say like, oh, I can't do it for any less than 100 because you're going to find yourself out of a job really quickly. You know, you're going to cut yourself at the knees because it can go somewhere. It can grow somewhere. I mean, but you're only also a DJ for what? Like maybe like an hour, maybe two. I mean, come on now. Like, bro, that's still $40 a game is still, you know, for two hours worth of work. That's if you want to look at it from an employee type standard, that's $20 an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> most people got to like work a lot harder and a lot longer to get that. And then you get to go on about your business, do another event. Um, or work somewhere else or do another venue or anything like that, you still have the freedom and flexibility. So don't take that sort of a situation lightly and just brush it off. Same time, if you're talking about a wedding, you don't want to say, hey, you know what? I've spent you know $4,000 on the venue. I spent $2,000 on the photographer. I spent you know $1,500 on a dress. I spent you know $3,000 on catering. So I only have $500 left for a DJ. Like that... I'm going to be 100% honest with you. That's just straight disrespectful. Because for real DJs, the work that they have to do before the event, um, what they have to cover as far as their equipment, um, their, the time that they take to practice and edit their their songs and make sure they get the songs needed. Um, and on top of that, literally be on their feet playing and providing the music and even providing sound necessarily probably most likely for the ceremony too out of all of that and you're you're, you're expecting them to show up about noon the wedding starts at two and the last call going home whatever you want to call it is at nine and you want to pay them five hundred dollars like come on you know they they literally the photographers capture you know amazing moments and all of their work is done after the fact, because they have to edit the photos, they have to make it look beautiful. Videographer, all their work is done after the fact. But what gives those two vendors a lot to work with or not a lot to work with comes from the energy level that the DJ brings. So that's why they all actually work in tandem. And so if you're going to be honest and be like, yo, I can only do, you know, 1500 for a photographer, 1500 for a videographer and 1500 for, you know, a DJ, then balance it out versus, oh, I spent $4,000 on my videographer. I spent $3,000 on my photographer. So I only have $500 for my DJ. Like, come on. 
<laughs> Come on, there, there's there's a lot that they do, um, and the, and there's a lot that that warrants it. I mean, as a DJ, also you got to understand the market that you're dealing with. Um, if you're, I literally, because I live in California, and so there's a few areas in Southern California. You know, there's like the Inland Empire, which has a different price range. You know, they're looking at trying to do the entire wedding for like 800 bucks. So saying, hey, you know, for me to DJ, it's like two grand. That's not going to go well. And it's not going to go very far. Not going to be getting much clientele. So like, hey, you know, you can do it. You don't try to do the whole thing for 800. You know, I can do it. You know, I can do it for four. I can do it for $300. If you take that same price range out to like Orange County, which is a much higher household medium, they're a lot higher, just what they expect. They're going to look at you like you don't know what you're doing or you have to just be trash. Like, you, what is wrong with you? You must be a horrible DJ if you're charging me $300 to DJ my wedding. Now, I do know that people take advantage of that. So they, they'll go and they'll go to like these higher income revenue areas and charge, you know, 15, two grand, three grand, four grand to DJ for, you know, the wedding but their skill level, their song selection, their energy level, their setup is garbage and should have been more like 800. But because, you know, you're looking at the price, oh, this must be a value. You know, you're, it's one of those you don't get to really know the answer until they get there. So ask the questions. Ask, you know, what if you're planning an event and you're interviewing a DJ, ask yourself the question. You know, what does your setup look like? Um, you know, how many people have you DJed before before? Uh, what type of styles of music do you find yourself very strong in? Uh, what's your personal favorite type of favorite type of music? I know it's not about the DJ; it's about the event. But still, asking them what their favorite type of music is will tell you really quickly how strong they are in a particular field. So, like, oh yeah, my favorite you know my favorite style of music is hip hop. Well, if we need hip hop at our event, this person's going to be very good because they have a genuine passion for it. They genuinely like it. So they, you know, they have a good range to be able to cover. If they say their favorite style of music is hip hop and they're playing, you know, and we need, we got more of like a country type vibe and we need like country, country rock, like old time, you know, old school country, like Garth Brooks or whatever. Maybe not so much, uh, because Old Town Road can only get played like one time. <laughs> and even that, I know some country people hate Old Town Road. So you you have to really ask those questions to kind of vet them to see if they really are the best DJ for you and if they can actually facilitate and meet the need that you need. Um, the experience comes. You know, the, the experience comes. You know, if this is their first their first one, you know, their first or second event or third, third event even, the experience, the experience is going to come. I mean, that's when you kind of boil it down to the passion. What's the passion factor? Um, you know, how do you, how do you see yourself as a DJ? You know, um, how long have you been practicing? Is a good question to ask for somebody who's brand new. It's like, oh, you know, or how many hours a week do you spend practicing? And if they say flat out like, oh, I don't practice. Oh, yeah, I spend, I practice all the time. Okay, how often do you practice? <laughs> I can tell you as a music major, like that was a question that uh, our our voice teachers and piano teachers ask us all the time. And, you know, we can say, oh, we practice all the time until it's time to sing. And then you're like, uh, you haven't practiced this a lick. 
or it's time to play and your skills are still where they were, you know, at the beginning of the semester and we're coming up on finals. Like you have not been practicing. It it tells and it shows. It is the ultimate teller. Um, so getting that getting that information, finding out how much they practice, because good DJs practice. Even now. Um, sometimes they practice by, you know, nobody being around and just kind of having a free-for-all set, you know, in the comfort in their home and their or in their lab or in their studio, whatever. Um, other pra- practice by performance. They performance practice. They, you know, they post videos on Instagram. They post videos on Twitch. They post videos on, um, uh, I can't even think of other mediums right now. And so that for them is still a measure of practice. But it also is a measure of you being able to see what they do or what they can what they bring to the table. So, I mean, and if push comes to shove, ask them for a mix. Push comes to shove, ask them to to demo something for you and, and send it to you. Um, just being honest, being real about it. I mean, I know for some DJs, it may be like, oh, the audacity. Like, how are you going to ask me to to basically audition for you? Well, because they got to know what they're getting. They have to know what they're, you know, they're spending this money on. And unfortunately, it is one of those situations where you can't necessarily do this business transaction just on faith alone. You have to do it with some sort of evidence to back it up to say, okay, this person's worth, you know, betting on. This person's worth, you know, taking a chance on. That they're going to make sure that, you know, our kids have a good time and they're going to play clean edits. Or they're going to make sure that, you know, my folks have a great time and, you know, they're going to enjoy themselves or they're going to be able to fit into the mold. You know, we're doing a disco night, so everybody's supposed to show up in in 70s dress and, you know, bell bottoms and afros and, you know, big hair. And so we want like disco. We want, um, you know, classic rock in that era. We want that type of thing. You know, can they bring it or are they strictly like give me what's hot right now on iTunes and that's what I can regurgitate for you? If you are a DJ, practice, man. Video video yourself practicing, you know. Uh, and then you can also turn around and you can use that as a, as a showpiece. You may not, you know, post on Twitch. You may not post on Instagram. Uh, but just take videos of, of you practicing. At the same time, you get to get a chance to see how you look and what areas you can, can change from a performance standpoint. Because um, I know for me personally, I had a... Uh, I had a long-term relationship with a with a with a with an RBF, <laughs> a resting moon face. And when I'm DJing, and it's supposed to be like high energy, and everybody's having a good time, because just because I'm so focused, just because I'm so concentrating on what I'm gonna play next and what I'm gonna play three songs from now to change the to change the 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 dynamic, to change the tempo, to change the the vibe in a good way to slow it down just a little bit without losing the energy. You know, what am I going to do? What am I going to jump? So I know I my face didn't necessarily say, hey, I'm having a good time. But in the end of the day, I really was, and inside, I was having a good time. And it wasn't until, you know, my, my wonderful, wonderful wife <laughs> was helping me and was pointing it out a lot. Like, I know you. You have fun. Let them know you're having fun. <laughs> so video yourself. Video yourself. Um, and on top of that, it gives you, Something to give to your prospective client to say, "Hey, this is my last session that I did." Um, even put together a little playlist on on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever to kind of just say, "Hey, you know, if this was the type of thing that I would do, this is the type of thing that 
these were the type of songs that I would select as just as like a a basic framework. Of course, it'll get more specific as we're dealing with your event because your event you'll want more you want more classic rock, you want more country. This is more kind of like the singer songwriter type vibe. But as you see, this will work well for you for like cocktail hour. Are you doing a cocktail hour? Yes, you are. Wonderful. This will work great for your cocktail hour. Now you want this type of stuff to go with it. Now we can go ahead and I can definitely incorporate that in cocktail hour. But also more importantly, when it's time for everybody to get them to start dancing. So those are just some tips to kind of help get some ideas of what a DJ really is, the value that they bring to the table, questions to ask if you're looking at hiring a DJ, um, questions to ask as a DJ to a, a specific or potential client to make sure that everybody wins. You know, this is a thing where, where we want it to be a win-win situation because if you're a good DJ or if you hire a good DJ and they do a fantastic job, you're going to tell... A couple of your friends if you hire a bad dj and they do a horrible job or if you're a dj and you do a horrible job at the event you can rest assured that they won't tell a couple of their friends they will tell everybody so please make sure you know you you're setting it up for a win-win you're being open and honest enough front you know hey you know what i struggle in doing this type of a genre but you know what i know some people i can call if that is really what you want or i can work on that and because like you're looking at six months from now, that's plenty of time for me to kind of really dive into it to know that genre better. Not like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a jack of all trades. I master every genre ever made. You know, I, I can DJ anything. I can DJ everything. Can you DJ from four four to six eight? And if you don't know what that means, that's kind of a point. So anyway, um, wow, <laughs> first episode in the books, beyond the booth. So I hope that was helpful. I hope you guys found uh, some good tips. As far as what a DJ is, how a DJ actually helps facilitate your day, how they help make the, the the event better or worse, and all of that. So I'm gonna close it with this this uh this story. It's uh it was a post that I saw on social one day, and it said that a club owner, a bartender, and a DJ sat down and they were arguing about who's the most important. The Club owner said, I'm the most important because if I wasn't here, then nobody would be here. Well, they would just go somewhere else. The bartender said, if I didn't pour them good drinks and they had a good time, then they wouldn't stay. Fair enough. Okay. Very possibly. So they asked the DJ, what about you? The DJ turned off the music, stepped back, did not say a single word. Immediately. The look on everybody's faces and the the upsetness of the crowd immediately that followed and ensued showed without a single word being spoken who of the three was the most important. The DJ turned the music back on and started playing music again and everybody continued to have a good time. So know what a DJ is. Respect the DJ or appreciate the DJ. If you're a DJ, please don't take it for granted. What you do, always fine-tune your craft. Always work hard to be better and become better. And if you're working on an event, or planning an event in the future, make sure that you get the right DJ for your event to make sure that you have a great time, your guests have a great time, and that most importantly, your event is a success. All right, I'll catch you on the next episode. Y'all have a good one. Peace. Peace.